Park, will you help me show some love? Come on, make some noise for our church family. And if you are joining us for the first time at any of our locations, we've been talking about relationships and our family relationships specifically with our parents, our kids, our spouses, our siblings, and the people in our lives who are so close that even though they may not be related by blood, uh, they are like family to us. And uh, we've talked about what it could look like for those relationships to improve. So week one of the series, two weeks ago, we saw that home improvement starts with heart improvement. We've got to change on the inside often to see our relationships begin to thrive the way that we, we desire them to thrive. And heart uh, improvement really starts with knowing God. So if you, if you miss week one of the series, uh, go back, watch that on our YouTube channel or our website, get caught up to speed. It really sets the stage for why what we're talking about matters. And I know for some of you, maybe you're just trying to figure out what you believe about God and faith, and that message will help you connect the dots. And then week two, last week, we got practical, and we talked about how to become the kind of people who know how to receive value from our relationships, not take it, but receive it, and then how to add value back. How do we have these kinds of healthy relationships? And we talked a lot about boundaries. So if you, uh, if you have any kind of relationship issues, which if you have a relationship, it probably has some issues. Uh, it's usually how that works. Go back and watch uh, week two. And as we wrap up the series this weekend, we're going to talk about what it means to be a part of a spiritual family, all right? So we're shifting gears a little bit. And again, if you're new to church, God, the Bible, any of that, this is actually a theme that shows up again and again in the Bible, that God doesn't just have individual people uh, who know him and serve him and desire to get to know him better. He actually has a family. And this is kind of strikes some of, some of us who have grown up in a very individualized kind of idea of life and spirituality. It strikes us strange, but most of the New Testament is written with the family in mind, not just individuals in mind. And the church is a spiritual family. So you may not realize that yet. You may be like, oh, are you kidding me? I just, maybe you're new and you're like, I got a God, but that means I got brothers and sisters. Yes, you do. You, you have a family. My mom uh, in her 70s actually discovered that she had a sister she didn't know about just a few years ago. And pretty crazy thing for her and her whole family. And, you know, she made the trip to go meet uh, her sister who lived in another city. And some of us were about to discover, like, we got some brothers and sisters we didn't know about. And it's a good thing. So we're family. So when I was 15 or so, I went camping at a lake in Canada with my friend named Mike Putnam. Mike and his dad uh, took me camping. And uh, one day, Mike and I took a canoe out on the lake. Now, when I grew up in Canada, when I moved here, I realized there are lakes here too, but they're not like the lakes in Canada, all right? The lakes here are more like ponds. In Canada, they're, they're lakes. This particular one, eight miles long, almost 300 feet deep in places. So it's a big lake. And we got out on the lake in the canoe. It was very windy that day. And on our way out, we were going with the wind. But when we turned around to head back to shore, we realized quickly we were in trouble because we were going right into the wind. And at one point, my friend Mike, he was in the front of the canoe, I was in the back, he turned around and looked at me with this look of desperation on his 15-year-old face. And he screamed, paddle! And I was like, man, I am, when you're looking. So finally we got to shore and I was like, all right, we made it. Everything's going to be okay. Mike's a little mad at me, but it's all right. He'll get over it. He did a good job out there. 
And it turned out that my friend's dad, Mr. Putnam, had been watching from shore. And he had the binoculars out at first, and then he, was, he just stood there, watched the whole thing. And when we got to shore, my friend's dad said, hey, I noticed that Mike was paddling for all he was worth out there, but it didn't really look like you were doing much. And uh, I was, I mean, I was just so offended. I was like, what? I was in the canoe. Like, what more do you want? I mean, I was, I was paddling, sort of. I wanted to say, you know what? You must have just been looking at all the wrong times. You caught me on one of my frequent but important breaks. Really, my heart was in it, but I just, you know, I needed to take a lot of breaks from paddling because it's tiring and it's a lot. And, you know, Mike was doing his thing and we made it to shore. Know what I learned that day? I learned that relationships like canoeing require work. And they require work on everybody in the relationship's part. Yeah, that's right. So I hope that that's a healthy clap. You're you know, like, I brought somebody and I just wanted them to hear that today. But they do, they require work. And I have not always put the work I needed to into relationships. Uh, like that day, I learned the hard way that sometimes when the lake is big and the wind is particularly strong, relationships require a lot of work. But the work is worth it if we want to become the kind of people that we would want to be around. Like, which would you rather be around right now after that story, Mike or me? Right. Because you want to make it to shore. You want to be around people who are kind of all in when it comes to their relationships. And for all of us who believe in God, dad is watching from shore. <laughs> That's like a lot of the New Testament is basically God going, hey, I just want you to know, I, I see you. I see you in the canoe and I want to, and he's not watching to catch us in the act of doing something wrong. He's not watching to judge us. He's watching to encourage us. So what has God done? It's really amazing. God, to help us have healthy relationships in every area of our lives, brings us into a spiritual family, this thing called church. It was his idea. It's not a religious idea. It's not a man-made thing. It was God's idea. Originally, it was his plan that whether we're students or young adults, whether we're middle-aged or retired, single, married, divorced, have kids, no kids, widowed, whatever our story is, God, and whether we're kicking the tires of faith or whether we're all in, God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring you into a spiritual family called church, and then I'm going to allow the world around you to get windy, and I'm going to teach you how to do life with each other in a way that gets you to shore. And as a bonus, what's going to happen is you're going to develop the confidence along the way to understand that no matter how windy this world gets, you belong to a spiritual family. You're not on your own. You're a part of something bigger than yourself. So if that's true, what's our part? What does it look like to be in this family called church. Well, a guy named Paul wrote a lot of the books of the New Testament of the Bible, including one to a church in the city of Ephesus. Now, Paul had started the church in Ephesus, but then he left to start other churches. Several years went by, and Paul found himself in prison because of his faith in Jesus. But he didn't waste the experience. He didn't complain. He didn't say, oh, my life is over. He started writing letters to many of the churches that he had started or that he knew had been started over the previous few years. And he had never forgotten about the Ephesians. They were close to his heart. He loved the church in Ephesus. One of my favorite books in the New Testament is Ephesians for this reason. 
And Paul from prison writes this to them. He says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. So I'm not able to be in the canoe with you physically right now. I'm, I'm in prison. I, it's not what I want. I'd rather be there with you, but I'm in prison for serving the Lord. And so what I'm going to do is beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Now, this is written to followers of Jesus, so if you don't consider yourself one yet, you, you don't have to buy this. But for all of us who do, there is an urgency to Paul's words here. And he's not, we know, the way we understand God's word is it was written to an original audience, but it applies to all of us who follow Christ, who believe in Jesus. And this is God's word to us. So for us, there's an urgency here. It's almost like Mike Putnam in the canoe turning around and screaming, Paddle! I beg you. Like, I'm, I'm pleading with you. So what is Paul begging the Ephesians and us, as all of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, wherever we are in our spiritual journey, if we put our faith in Jesus, what is he begging us to do? He says it. Lead a life worthy of your calling. You have been called. Now, here's what's fascinating. Paul wrote this in the Greek language. The New Testament was written in Greek. We've translated it into English. And by the way, if you're ever wondering if you can trust the New Testament of the Bible, we literally have thousands of manuscripts. There's all kinds of, of support and evidence. We know that it's accurate, but we've translated it into our language. Well, the word for gr in uh, the Greek for church is a word that literally means called out ones. Did you know that? It's not like organization or institution or man-made religion. The word church means a family of called out people, a community of called people. Ecclesia is the word in Greek. So here's what God does. He calls us out of a life that we were living without him, without faith in him. Many of us knew there was a God, but we didn't have a personal relationship with him. He changes that through his son, Jesus, calls us into new life, but he doesn't stop there. He puts us in a canoe. He puts us in community with other called out people, the ecclesia, the church. So sometimes when we think of called, especially if we have any kind of experience with church, we think, oh, okay, called. I get like pastors are called. Those, they got to be called, right? Like they're called. Big spiritual influencers, they are called by God. Church leaders, people who, people who are on staff at a church or people who are lead, dedicate a lot of their time and energy, which many of you do, and other people look at you and go, okay, those are, we got some called people. About 20% of our church is called. That was not God's picture. God's picture is actually, we're all called. All of us have been called out from a life without God into life with God. And for some of us too, when we think of being called, we think of like our purpose and we think of it in very angsty kinds of ways. So some of us are going, okay, I'm really trying to figure out the will of God for my life. So God, will you please tell me what I'm gonna be doing on a Tuesday afternoon at 2.37, five years from now? God, I just need to know. Can't really take another step until you tell me, God. I just need, I'm waiting on God. Just waiting on him. Been waiting on him for a long time. Just, just waiting. That's not what calling is. Say, so what's my calling? To do life with God and with others who are doing life with God in a way that leads to others who aren't doing life with God doing life with God. That's your calling. It's my calling. This may be what I'm doing right now, an expression of my calling, but at its core, it's not my calling. My calling is to do life with God and to do life with a few other people doing life with God in a way that leads to my life influencing people who aren't yet doing life with God. That's my calling. That's all of our calling. 
And so God has called us out. So for some of us, why is this important? Because not only do we kind of view it in this sort of hyper-focused way of I need to know exactly what I'm going to be doing five years from now, but we also, honestly, we, we can get this little kind of thing where we're like, you know, I love God. I'm just not a big fan of the church. Impossible. That's impossible. It's like saying, you love me, you want to be my best friend, but you just can't stand my wife. No, we're not going to be tight because me and my wife are ride or die, baby. (laughs) You're not coming in between us. I don't care how cool you are. I don't care how many times you text me. I don't care. I don't care what gifts you give me. We're we're never, it's never going to happen. Did you know that the church is the bride of Christ? You are not getting between Jesus and his church. You're not going to be like, I like you, Jesus, but I don't like your church. Churches. You say, but that's not cool because Jesus is awesome, but the church is messed up. I know, I know. But it's still God's plan to get us to the other shore. And he doesn't have a backup plan. God and his church are ride or die. It has to be because we're the church and we're kind of messed up. But God says, I'm not abandoning you. We are ride or die. Some of us are like, listen, I, I want to be with Jesus. I feel called. I'm a Christian. I'm just not connected. That's like saying I want to get to the other shore. I'm just not into canoes. I'm going to swim for it. Well, that'll work in a pond in America. (laughs) It's not going to work in a lake in Canada, and it's not going to work in this world. Hear me, it's not going to work in this world. We're not going to swim for it alone. We're going to drown for it. That's how that's going to go down. Because we need God in our lives, and we need the community of faith that God has placed around us. Now, again, I get it. I'm not trying to be unaware. Some of us, man, we're like, I've got hurt. I've had bad experiences. I've been burned. I've, I got in the canoe and somebody tried to tip it. Come on. How many of us have been there? We're like, I got connected to church and somebody just tried to tip the canoe. I got issues. I get it. I feel you. That, that's all real, but you can't throw the canoe out with the bathwater. God has one plan and it's his church. So what do we do? We say, I'm going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And we start living out our calling. How are we called to improve this home? Spiritual family. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the family of faith. Here's how. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, I love everything about this verse except one word, the word always. That's the only word I don't really like in this verse because if it weren't for that one word, I could get on board with this all day long. I could be humble. I could be gentle. I could do that. I could be patient. I can make allowances for other people's faults. I just need... Frequent breaks. Come on, how many of us, just be honest, you just need frequent breaks. You're like, I can do that. So we're like, you know, I can, I can get on board with that. I can, uh, I mean, I can be like, yeah, I was humble today. Oh, don't break. That costs a lot more than I can afford to replace. So let's go over here. I can be humble today. Yeah, I can be gentle. Whew, that was a great 23 seconds of humility and gentleness. Now I'm going to sit back, yell at the other drivers, 
gossip about my coworkers, tear down other Christians. But I promise you, by next Thursday, I'll probably have another 23 seconds of humility and gentleness, making allowance. Oh, I'm going to make allowance. I make allowance for your fault, but not yours, because I just need frequent breaks. So I get on board with this if it weren't for that word, always. How many of us, just be honest, we get, it's like, I could do that, I just can't do the always part. That's why God created church, because you and I are surrounded by other people who at some point are going to give us an opportunity to practice. And that was God's plan. If you just run away from it every time it gets hard, you are missing out on the calling of God on your life. Because our calling is to always be humble and gentle and patient. And whatever you believe about Jesus, can we all just agree that any of our relationships would get better if we could approach them in this way? I mean, imagine if we were always humble, gentle, patient, kind, always making room for other people's imperfections. Wouldn't all of our relationships improve? Yeah, they would. Absolutely. So God says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to practice. I'm going to put you in a spiritual family full of imperfect people just like you. And then I'm going to give you the opportunity to be a part of it and to lean in and to practice these things. Being in a canoe with other followers of Jesus should make all of our relationships better. So how does it work? Here's how it works. We get in the canoe and then we make a decision to make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So camping at the lake that summer with Mike Putnam and his dad had some fun moments. It wasn't just that terrible moment when I got called out for not paddling. There were some fun moments. We roasted hot dogs over a fire. Uh, To be honest, I'm a bit of a pyromaniac, so it was more the fire than the hot dogs. How many of us, when we go camping, we're like, we don't build a fire, we build an inferno? How many of us, come on, guys, you know what I'm talking about? My wife would get so mad at me when our kids were younger, we'd take them camping, I'd be like, come on, I cut down a tree. Ah. <laughs> so there were fun moments on that camping trip, lying awake at night, wondering if that rustling sound we heard was a bear, and could we handle it in hand-to-hand combat? You know, I could, you couldn't, you know, all that. That was fun. But it wasn't until Mike and I found ourselves in the canoe on the lake, just me, him, canoe, lake, wind, that we had to make every effort to keep ourselves united. And I didn't. Mike did, I didn't. Can I tell you, this is God's heart for his church, that we would keep ourselves united, binding ourselves together in peace. You say, well, should I allow unhealthy behavior? No, in a life-giving way, you should have conversations, but make allowances for each other's faults, humble, gentle, kind, and God knows it will take every effort, and we will need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, especially the windier this world gets. Do you know that there is an enemy of our faith who is kicking up the wind in our world right now, and his biggest goal would be to get the people in the canoe arguing with each other? That's a win all day long so that everybody else can drown in the meantime. Oh, what a tragedy that would be. If the people who believe in Jesus who are called into the canoe would be picking at each other and not leaning in and not contributing and suspecting each other and being cynical toward each other while the world goes to hell around them. What a tragedy that would be. And dad is watching from shore going, hey, don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. This is God's heart for his church. 
that we would keep ourselves united. Now, how we do that practically here is through what we call J groups. You heard about that a few minutes ago in our fall semester of groups getting ready to kick off. J groups take what happens when we gather like this in a big boat and place us in a few relationships with other people, going the same direction spiritually, more like a canoe. And connecting is really what helps us step off the shoreline of our faith and go a little deeper and get to practice what we just read, being humble and gentle with each other and encouraging each other and being kind toward each other and patient with each other. And for all of us who are facing hard things in our natural families, it's a spiritual family that provides a place of strength to remind us that we're not alone and to give us an opportunity to live out the values that matter to God in community with each other so we can take them into all of our relationships. See, I don't know if I'm convinced. Why should I join a J group? Here's why. We're in this together. So battle. We're in this together, so paddle. Don't just be on the shore. Don't just be in the back of the canoe going, I'm, I'm glad Bill brought the Doritos. <laughs> paddle. Paddle, lean in. Paddle like it's your canoe because it is. This is your family. This is not my church. This is, not, this is your church. This is your spiritual family. So paddle like it's your canoe, and let's lean in together. That was the difference between me and Mike that day. I was acting like a spectator. He was behaving like family, like a brother. Which are you behaving like? Are you more like, oh, if I don't, somebody will. Let's, man, look at them working up a sweat. I bet you're called. Or are you like, no, I am a brother, I am a sister, I am a part of this family, this is my canoe. Listen, if you believe in Jesus, get in the canoe and paddle. You're not called to be a spectator. I'm not called to be on the shoreline. We are called to lean in. And here's what I know. Some of us have taken frequent breaks. And I get it, like COVID was like for a lot of us, like, you know what? A lot of us said, well, I'm just gonna kind of sit back for a little while. And two and a half years later, we're like, man, I'm still in a pandemic. I don't know about you. Like, I'm just... Oh, it's, it's tight in here. At Hocassin, they're just laughing and going crazy. I mean, it's good. But some of us, a, a little break turned into a medium break, and now it's like, a, well, you know, the people I watch and the people are still paddling. They're doing good. I'll just, I'll kind of just sit back here, and God from shore is saying, no, 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 no. Your muscles are atrophying. Your spiritual health is deteriorating. You need to lean back in. You need to roll up your sleeves. You need to get in relationships with other believers. You need to join a group, whether it's new Arcocast and online. You need to do life with some people because I called you to paddle. Listen to the heart of God, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Picking up on a theme, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Just one. There's just one church or just one body of believers all over the world who are following Jesus. And if we're not connected, it's not like there's another option. We're supposed to be a part of what God is doing. There's one body, just like our physical body. Everything in our physical body has a purpose. It's important. And different parts of our bodies are more visible or serve different functions, but every part is important. You are not called to be the gallbladder in the body of Christ. 
I know you were thinking, there's one exception. We don't really need our gallbladders. You are not called to be the gallbladder in the body of Christ. You're important. You're a part of this. And did you notice we're all headed to one shore on the other side of the lake together? There's one glorious hope. If we can't get along here, we're going to hate heaven. A pastor shared a couple of weeks ago, he said someone told him, you know, some people, you know, they're Christians, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not so sure they're going to be in heaven. And my pastor thought, I'm not so sure you're going to be in heaven, <laughs> just being honest. I'm glad he said it, because I can tell you he said it. I didn't say it, he said it. But we're in this together. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There are, it's not all roads lead to heaven. There's one road We all walk it in very different ways, but it's the road of Jesus. That's the road. That's the path. There's one, there's just one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we're gonna get to celebrate that baptism in a few weeks. It's gonna be baptism weekend, which means we're all gonna gather around a little miniature version of a lake, and we're gonna watch somebody for the last time swim alone. And they're gonna go public with their faith in Jesus, and when they come up, they're in Christ, and they're in the canoe. They're in the family of God. And we're gonna celebrate that together. Why? Because we're in this together. So paddle. Paddle. As my friend Mike Putnam would say it, paddle. Because that's what God has called us to do. Make every effort to stay united around Jesus. Every effort. Don't be critical of other followers of Jesus. Make every effort. If there's an issue, pull someone aside, have a healthy, life-giving conversation. But don't be posting. Don't be tearing down. Dad's watching from shore. And he's saying, I need you to make every effort. And here's a bonus, listen. Here's why this is gonna pay off in more ways than you can imagine. Because a healthy spiritual family is what produces the ability to pursue health in all of our families, in all of our relationships, in our natural families with our parents and kids and spouses and brothers and sisters and cousins, especially that one cousin. Being a part of a community of faith shapes us spiritually. And we bring that health into our other relationships, especially when it gets windy. You know what being a part of a healthy church and sticking to it will do for you? It will teach you not to quickly leave relationships. It'll teach you that when it gets windy, you lean in. And you do everything you can to fight for the relationships that matter. And so God has called us to be connected. So I'm challenging you today. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, make every effort. Join a J group. Show up for that J group. Both are important. Just joining it is not enough. Show up and encourage the people in that group. Allow them to encourage you. Open yourself up to that. Pray for them and allow them to pray for you. Bind yourselves together because it is getting windy in this world, everybody. So paddle. Okay, last part, ready? Some of us may hear this and go, man, I I hear that. And I know that maybe that's for most people, but I'm different. I don't really do the hanging out thing. I'm just not, I'm not like everybody else. Some of us go, I'm an introvert. And I just don't, you know, I prefer to kayak alone rather than canoe together. And I get it, I feel you. Some of us are like, you know, I just don't wanna be lumped in with other people in a canoe. It's just kinda like, they don't always do it the way I do it, and I'm just, I like, I just just want it to be me and God. I hear you, God hears you. 
which is why he has done this extraordinary thing for us. There's only one family. There's only one church, one body of Christ around the world. We're a small C church, so we're a regional expression of the church, but the big C church is all over the world. It's everyone who believes in and follows Jesus. There's only one. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Favorite part, ready? Here's the deal. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one glorious hope. We're all headed to the same heaven together, the same shore. There's only one canoe. There's only one, there's only one expression. There's only one church. There are many canoes, relationships, but there's only one church. However, you get to bring your own paddle. You get to bring your own paddle. You get to be you. You get to bring your own paddle, your own approach. You can be an introvert. You can be an extrovert. You can be, you can be loud like me. I'm kind of loud and intense. I don't know if you noticed, but I kind of am. That's, that's kind of how I roll. I'm loud and intense. And, but you, you get to be a part of this. You don't have to paddle like I paddle. You don't have to paddle like everybody else paddles. You have to paddle in the same direction because God determined the direction we didn't. But you don't have to do it exactly like everybody else does it. You get to bring your own paddle. If you're like, I want a paddle with like flames on it and arrows and a cross tattoo and whatever you want, just bring it. You can bring your own paddle. You can be you and then get in a canoe with some other people and head toward shore together. That's what makes this great, this church thing. It's full of diversity. And by the way, if you're like, I don't know if I like diversity, diversity is good for you. It teaches us how to relate to people who aren't like us and always be humble and gentle and patient and kind and respect each other's stories. And as we do life together, nothing is more fulfilling than getting connected with some other called people in a canoe, bringing your own paddle, but saying, I'm going to take what God gave me and I'm going to use it to get us to shore faster. We are in this together. So paddle. And let's go. Let's go. And for all of us who would say, man, I hear you, but still, but, but I'm busy. I know, me too. I got a life, y'all. I got stuff to do. My task lists have task lists. And can I be very transparent with you? I get a little anxious in social settings. I have for years. I can handle like a big room. I can handle one-on-one, but small groups of people, I don't know what it is, just kind of weirds me out a little bit. I got to get over that hurdle in order to show up. But I do, because I have to be in a canoe. God called me to it. Are you hearing me, everybody? It's part of what it means to follow Jesus. I've got to be connected with a few other people going the same direction spiritually, and I want that for you as well, because it's what God called us to do. You were made for this to encourage, to contribute, to do life with other people. You were made for this. And ironically, it brings us full circle because this whole series is about our family relationships. And this is really what it means to be a healthy part of any family. Can we all just agree that nothing breeds resentment in a relationship like one person having the sense that the other person isn't working as hard on the relationship as they are. Can we all just agree? Anybody been there? Have you been there? Have you been like, yeah. What's healthy in relationships? When everybody's paddling. 
God says, I want to teach you how to be that kind of person because your life will get better. It'll get richer and more meaningful. Not always easier. If you're looking for easy, (laughs) human was the wrong choice. Like, it's not. (laughs) Your life will not get easier, but it will get better. It'll get richer. Easier is for chumps. Easier for people is for people who want to sit in the back of the canoe while somebody else paddles. That's not healthy. Don't go for easy. Go for rich, meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful. Leave it all on the field kind of contribution to your relationship. So God brings us into a spiritual family and he says, I want you to practice here. And if you'll learn to always be humble and gentle and patient with each other and make allowances for each other's faults here in this spiritual family all of your relationships will get better over time. You can take this with you. So next weekend, we're starting a new series called You Matter. And we're gonna talk about how important you are to God and to the people around you. So here's what I wanna invite you to do. Let's gather together next month. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, make a decision. You're gonna come back and let's gather together next month. And let's not just gather, let's paddle. So invite someone to join you. Invite someone to come with you. Bring someone along. Our fall semester of J Groups kicks off this week. So get in a J Group, get connected, and paddle. Show up with a heart that says, I'm gonna encourage somebody. I'm gonna talk. For some of it, if you're a real introvert, be like, I am gonna have a conversation with one person today. Like, it's just gonna be 30 seconds, and then I'm good. It's okay if you need frequent breaks as long as you are working toward paddling. We have over 160 groups to choose from, all of our locations, Newark, Hokesson, online, we have groups. We have men's groups and women's groups and young adult groups and message discussion groups and community outreach groups. We have groups that will help you break free from the habits that have held you back. We have groups that will help you find freedom in your finances. We have groups for kids and we, we just have groups for students, all kinds of groups. We have lined up the canoes. Get in one and then you know what to do. I mean, we're in this together, right? God said we were. He said, I don't just have relationships with individuals. I have a family. So we know we're in this together. So what should we do? Come on, Journey. We can do better than that. What should we do? Yeah, we're going to paddle. The world is getting windy, and we're going to paddle. We're going to do life with each other. This spiritual family needs everyone pulling our weight together. If you've been on break, that's okay. No judgment. Just get off break. <laughs> Just get off break. Just be like, you know what? It's been a while, but I think I can, I think I remember. Yeah, oh yeah, humble, gentle. And oh, that requires other people around me. I can't just be humble and gentle with myself. <laughs> that's a good start, but it's not enough. So just paddle. If you've been on break, lean back in and paddle. Get in relationships with people. Get around some people and do life together. And if you receive that today, as we wrap up the series, if you would say, that's the life I want. I want to be a paddler in my relationships. I want to be a contributor, not just a consumer. I'm leaning in. Will you shoot your hand up all over the room? Kind of hold it up high. Hocus and hold it up high online. Stretch that hand toward heaven. And let me pray it over us. Father, I come to you. My heart is overwhelmed with gratitude for this extraordinary community of faith that I get to be a part of, this family of God. We know we're just one little part of your family all over this world, but it's, but it's our part. And 
God, we are committed to doing life with you and with each other in a way that leads to other people finding you. So God, I pray over us right now. I pray over our J groups this fall. I pray over every J group leader who's feeling a little bit nervous, a little bit frazzled, doesn't know if they'll be ready, has a lot going on. God, that you would give them peace and help them know it's really simple. Just create a space for people to connect together, pray together, laugh together, experience you together, God. I pray for everyone who is gonna join a group today, is gonna show up this week, who's already joined one. God, that you would be with us today. God, will you show up in our groups this fall? God, I believe healing can happen in our lives. I believe we can go to another level in our faith. I believe deep friendships can be formed, God. I'm asking you for it in Jesus' name. And God, all together, we commit ourselves to you. We're gonna paddle. Come on, would you make that your prayer? God, I commit to you. I was made to paddle. I'm gonna do it in Jesus' name. And while you allow the Holy Spirit just to work in your heart for a moment more, for any of you here today, in one of our physical rooms online, if you don't yet know God for yourself, I wanna tell you the best news you've ever heard. There is a God He created you. He loves you more than you can imagine. He did not send you into this lake to drown. God is not against you. He is not mad at you. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. And he is calling you to know him. And through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, you can. When you believe in what Jesus did for you, how he died and rose again to forgive your sins, to make you right with God, then you become a follower of Jesus and God brings you into a community of faith. And if you want that today, right where you are, I'm gonna lead us in prayer again. If that's you, whisper these words out. You can use my words if it helps you, but pray with faith in your heart, something like this. Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I believe in you. I'm leaving my old life behind to follow you. I believe you died for me and rose again. Because of that, I'm forgiven and I'm free. From this day on, I'm gonna follow you. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, that's the prayer I wanna be included in today, count me in, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. Will you lift your hand and just hold it up all over the room, hold it up high. Yeah, hold it up, my faith is in Jesus today. I'm trusting him with my life. Believing in him, yes. Okay, and hold it up. Online can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. Make sure you fill in a connect card and share that with us. But for right now, come on, everybody, let's give Jesus all the thanks and all the praise.